Welcome to the Allie Colbert Show. There's no intro music today because I told the editor I was taking a week off. Shout out to Travi. And then I said, I don't want to take a week off. And that's the mental illness of being a comedian. I am not, I don't know. I'm like, I feel I'm like guilty. And like, you guys don't even pay for this. I'm like, I, they, I owe them. I owe you guys nothing. This is just a therapy session. I don't owe you guys anything. Why am I doing this? I guess it brings me joy. We're back. We're here. It's a solo episode. It's seriously solo, okay? The girl I'm dating isn't in the background giggling. It's solo. It's just me, raw. The Allie Colbert Show, unplugged. This is my solo acoustic tour, which I am, of course, going to see John Mayer next week. I love John Mayer. People have issues with John Mayer's personality. I don't care. I don't. I, I think he did say some questionable things, but I'm not thinking about it. I'm just listening to his music. That's probably like one of the like. Is John like a douchier, whiter part of me? Is the fact that I like John Mayer so much? Why do I like him so much? I like he just got me at the right time when I was vulnerable, just like Taylor Swift. Like how he got Taylor Swift. You remember how he dated Taylor Swift for a minute? He dated everyone. He was the OG Pete Davidson. I've talked about this before. He just, he had all, he was, it was Jessica Simpson. It was Taylor Swift. It was Katy Perry. It was Jennifer Aniston. Who didn't this guy date? And now he's like 50 and he's just like alone living in the hills, I think. He's 45. Okay. Yes, I'm right. That's basically 50. And... I would imagine he just sleeps with whoever he wants and just goes on tour once in a while and then just, like, smokes pot. I don't know. He's tall. He's really tall. I want to be up there. What is it like to be John Mayer? I think he's, like, Pat, like Pete Davidson is still, like, proving himself a little bit and, like, is struggling with, like, what does this mean to, like, people? They know me for who I'm fucking and, like, I'm not on SNL anymore and, like, I haven't put out anything good in a while. So, like, how do I prove myself beside the fact that, like, I slept with Kim Kardashian and now I'm sleeping, whatever. So I think John Mayer's past that. So now he's just, you know, he's just having fun. Like, I think he just, like, smokes a J and he's like, oh, I'm really into, like, Japanese art and then, like, colors the whole tour in this, like, art deco Japanese style. That was a few tours ago, if anyone remembers. He was, like, very into that and, like, he has, like, the... Um, like the cherry blossom tree tattoos, I think. And I like I like him. And then I'm like, I'm kind of like, I'm like ashamed and proud of the fact that I like him. And then I go to the concert and it's just like a bunch of white guys from New Jersey that like also go to Dave Matthews Band and are named like Drew and they're taking guitar lessons and they like do their own covers of stuff with like a group of, investment bankers and posted on Spotify and like that upsets me that I'm there with them but some of his songs just like hit me so hard like why like some of those song lyrics he's a poet like I hate it but like he is you guys like he's great and his guitar he's just fucking great and I'm really excited for his solo tour I'm sorry I'm sorry and every person I date I drag them I drag them to John Mayer concerts. And then you, like, run into, like, your John Mayer concert friends. This is not relatable. This is just a me thing, I think. I don't know. Welcome back to the show. I was going to take a week off, like I said. Like, I was like, you know what? I haven't 
not released a podcast in two years. Like every week I release an episode for the last almost two years. And coming up in June, it'll be two years of the Allie Colbert show. Cut in the, you know, the clap sounds. Happy birthday. Um, I never take off because I just let, I'm like, oh, you got to keep consistency. And it's just, but I was like going through it this week. Yeah, I know me, even me, stand up comedian, podcaster, worrier, anxious person was going through it. I know I do therapy. I do. I, I read. I like self-help books, all the books. I meditate. I do yoga reluctantly. I go to weird culty trainings about how to be better. And then it's just still not enough sometimes. And it just feels bad sometimes. I am very proudly. And this is so not public information, but I'm going to make it public because why does it matter? I have been on Lexapro for fucking ever and I'm tapering off of it. So, you know, maybe there's a hiccup there, but I've, I'm doing well though still, you know. You know, I've been really meditating on the question, is motherhood for me? And I think that evaluating that question is scary for me knowing that my relationship is contingent upon the answer. So it's like a question that you have to like remove the circumstances from in order to like arrive at what feels like your your truth. And then I'm also in this in this place where I I don't want an answer that disqualifies me from the Julian race. So this has been very stressful for me. And I, I know a lot of people have gone through this and I've talked about this on the show. But it's something that I'm like really deep in right now. And it's emotional. And, you know, I'm reading this book called Is Motherhood for Me? And it's it's a 12-week program where you journal and you have like visual, like uh, guided visualizations. And it like invites you to call upon different people in your life to like discuss things with them. But this is such a real fucking thing that people deal with i'm like asking chat gpt or whatever it's called chat p i don't know what it's called i'm like when should i have a baby it's like i can't really uh, tell me more information about yourself everyone have you guys been using this ai app you know ai is the next big thing so i'm in this place where i'm like really you know i'm arriving at at game time and I, i i have to sit with myself i have to face the man in the mirror I made this joke in my stand-up before, but it's not like we can accidentally get pregnant, right? I'm like, okay, it happened. One, two, three. We weren't trying. It just happened. Which I really think is a luxury for straight people in some ways because it allows for, like, magical mystery, right? Of just, like, this is how... I mean, it's not fate because you weren't wearing a condom and you came in her, but it allows, like, a lot... like. You can have like a lack of certainty and maybe tell yourself it's okay in a way where if you're going to pick out a donor and you're going to go through IVF and it's there's such like intentionality behind it. If gay kids have, if gay people have babies, you know they fucking wanted those babies. My friend posted this photo of like how she like, she like surprised her parents and she was like, I, we didn't think we were trying. I was like, oh, like. Sometimes I wish I'm like, Julian, I want you to just like tell me you're pregnant so like I can like take myself out, my choice out of it. I want it to just like happen and then like go with it. But the like the financial investment of like we have to create this, like we don't get to just like have a few margaritas and fuck. So I'm in this. It's almost like 
how sweet I'm asking you guys for advice. Not really, but, you know, I do, I would like to hear from, from stories of, uh, you know, personal experience of, you know, at this, this crossroads of like when or if to have children, if this has come up for you in different ways and how it's unfolded. I'm curious. So email the show. I really, I would like to hear. Um, or call 833-722-5546. I just started watching Love on Netflix. I know that's old, but he, there was a podcast moment on that show. I was just thinking of in this moment. Okay. Gillian Jacobs is in Love. It's a cute show. I like it. Judd Apatow. When is Judd Apatow going to make a movie about my life? Judd Apatow likes to cast a mediocre-looking guy dating a hot girl. I think every guy likes to do that. Every, like, kind of, like, schlubby, hilarious comedian. Like, Adam Sandler, we were watching Murder Mystery 2. Adam Sandler is so good at making films in Hawaii where he gets to, like, fuck Jennifer Aniston in the film. Like, okay, that's good. Yeah, that's a good plot. Yeah, we're going to just, we'll film this one in Hawaii, and we'll do, uh, you know, Charlize Theron will be my girlfriend. And I'll cast every single one of my relatives to play my children, the, the you know, the wait staff at the, at the hotel. Just, he just gives every single, Jackie, Sammy, my dad, my mom, they're each going to play a role in the film. I'm going to be dating Margot Robbie, and it actually films in Maui for six months. We have to fuck on camera a bunch. This is my career. What a genius. Adam Sam, and then he just gets to wear sweatpants and like a big t-shirt, and just be Adam Sandler. Like his characters are all him. Like, I gotta go fuck Margot Robbie. The voice is changing. The voice is changing to, I don't know, uh, what, I can't lie. We were gonna watch Poker Face, Natasha Leon. What, I just, uh, is that voice put on? What, is that a real voice? They're like, she's from Queens. I'm like, I've met people from Queens. They don't sound like that. I babbled you, and I, I don't like to lie. Is that her? What does she sound like again, Natasha Leon? Sorry, folks. I just can't. I just can't really lie, folks. Like, that's not a New. I don't understand. She's from New York. I'm from New York. That's not a New York accent. By the way, how is Natasha Leon not gay? Like, that's one of the. That's like a. That's just one of those people. I'm like, no, you're gay. How are you not gay? She's, everyone thinks she's gay, and she's not gay, so she's constantly coming out as straight. I'm like, you're gay, okay? You dress gay, you sound gay, you look gay. I'm pretty sure I saw you finger Aubrey Plaza. I love Aubrey Plaza. Don't you wish Aubrey was, I think Aubrey Plaza is bisexual. Why am I wishing these people are gay? They're not going to fuck me. I'm not going to, I don't really want to hook up with Natasha Leon, though. Sorry, Natasha. Natasha, this was a roller coaster for us. I pressured you into coming out then I kind of hinted at us hooking up and then I rejected you just just really fast for us we just went through I just Natasha Leone and I broke up this week um and it was tough it was really tough I have a friend getting married um soon and my friends have just started to get married like it's just like starting to trickle in the invites and maybe that's because I'm queer and I'm from New York and a lot of my friends are more alternative that like even like the early friends are starting to get married and it's like 30 you know it's not like South Carolina when they're getting married at like 22 like no one has no one has God there's no one who's religious 
and no one is trying to start a family immediately so that like the early birds in my friend group are getting married at 30. And I did receive a bridal shower box at my door asking me to be a bridesmaid and I was honored and that box was filled with expensive champagne and all of these little gifts and God bless women that are getting married and think this is a good idea. I can't imagine like getting married and then on top of planning a wedding, giving like these gift boxes to like people to like be a part of my bridal party. Like that is so not our wedding vibe of like we're going to organize. Like also Julian and I, like if we were of that type of like like bachelorette party people, we would like want to have a bachelorette party together. We've talked about this. We're like... But we don't like this, like, farewell to fun, you know? I just, I have, like, I really buck against convention in that way. Like, I think it's fun. Like, I like the idea of hanging out with everyone, but, like, these, like, everyone has, like, a dick popsicle, and then you have a hooker, and you, like, you, like, cheat on your significant other, and then you you say it's the last, like, you know, hashtag Allie's found her last jewel, Allie found her jewel. Hashtag Allie found her jewel, Julian. She's not one of her. Classic. Um, you know. But I did. It's like there's like a photo of like you and the bride. And then SNL just did that sketch about the bachelorette parties. And it was so like treating it like it was a cult. And it, it they, they, they do like the zoo, the camera zoom on the bride. And they're like, I thought the bride was in charge. But really, it was the woman under her. The maid of honor. These poor maid of honors. You feel bad for them, but you also know that like, it's a huge power trip for them. They're like working in communications for seven years and they now have this like whole, they have like a budget. They're like planning a whole group trip. They, they need RSVPs. They have their own fucking system going on. Like she's doing the wedding and then the maid of honor is like running this whole sub stack community and they need confirmations and they have apparel. They're, they're, they, they're, it's insane. It's multiple events, right? It's not just the wedding. It's the bridal shower. It's the bachelorette party. It's uh, the welcome dinner. It's the goodbye brunch. Then you know they're going to have a baby. It's all going to keep circling back. This is just going to... I want the bachelorette party for my funeral. I want like a funeral party before I die. We all go out. That's an okay bit. I'm just kind of... I'm just... Guys, it's just you and I, right? We can just be real with each other. Or the tone might be instead of like, okay, finally we can relax as the two of us. Maybe think of it like you and I, we've been like, we've been flirting with, there's all this foreplay. Finally now you and I just get to fuck. Just the two of us on this episode. I just remember that my dad listens to this. And then he heard that through, I don't, why does my dad listen? I tell him, I'm like, don't listen. I'm a big boy. I can fast forward. Well, I'm a big girl. And unsubscribe, William. Okay? Unsubscribe. I have some voice memos, and I have some questions that I got on Instagram. Where do I, where should I start? Um, let's start with a voice, did I say voice memo? A voicemail. Let's start with a voicemail. Hey, Allie, this is so cool. I feel like I'm talking to a famous. I played the wrong one because I'm doing this alone. Hang on. 
Hi, Allie. My name is Brielle. I love your show. I was just listening to the one from this week, um, and I had a question for you. I love my partner. We've been dating for a year, a little over a year, but we have just started living together, and we've come to the point where we are both on our period at the same time. And it's a little bit hard because I feel like when I, it's that time of the month for me, I am like extra emotional. Like that's how I am. But when it's her time, she is like on the side of like extra angry. Everything pisses her off. And I just like almost every month I've gotten to a point where it's both happening for us and I am and like should we break up <laughs> so i guess i'm just asking like how how do i get through those moments when we're both at our opposite ends of the spectrum and don't know how to handle each other we're not in our not in our right minds to handle each other so thanks love you okay i love how she was like like she's um i'm really emotional and she's really angry like you're like you know one person on their period is sad and like like soft and just like curling up in a ball like bluesy and then you know that the other person on their period is like planning on like bombing a school and is like gonna buy an AR-15 and like go to fucking town just like a psychopath that's true like some people are really sad and then some people are fucking like roid rage heads I definitely it's an it's a up and down. It's up and down. And it's like kind of like what I said on the podcast a few weeks ago. I'm like, I don't like talking about having my period because it feel, really undercuts my power. And yes, that's anti-women and that's anti-feminist. But like, I'm sorry, it doesn't really go hand in hand with me wanting to top someone that I'm like bleeding and having cramps. But can we normalize otherwise? Sure. It's a journey though, okay? So I'm not going to like, I don't, don't put me in a fucking... When you said that, it's not fair to women because we can still, yes, you're right, okay? But I don't go on dates and I'm like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, I, have my, I have a, do you have a tampon? And I'm just feeling a little achy. Sorry, that doesn't really help me coming, coming across as like sexy and powerful and dominant when I need a fucking diaper pad, okay? It just doesn't. I have, I have to say, this episode is sponsored by Flow. No, it's not. That would be nice if if I if it was. I do like the Flow app because it has helped me place my psychosis. And I'm like, oh, you're always batshit crazy on the 16th of the month. Ah, yes. The night of the 18th, you always want to murder your mother. So it's it's kind of a good template to understanding your emotions. This is a real thing, though, when you overlap. It's weird because I don't really ever think I like sync with the person I'm dating, which is apparently what's supposed to happen. Like the beta, the bottom sinks to the top, right? The the bottom. Hi, that was a cute pun. The bottom. It's not a pun. Am I high? The bottom sinks up to the top there, period. It's never happened to me. I don't sync with anyone. It's like, I don't know what's worse. It's a, you overlap, then it's World War Three. Right? It's terrible. No one's grounded. You're both in collapse. It's awful. The first tower went down. Boom! The second tower goes down. She starts perioding too. Right? That's shitty. But then you get it out in a week. It's just one chaotic week where you're like nothing 
can count from that week, okay? We just have to wash that. We just wipe the slate clean. The other option is you're fully sane and lucid for your partner having a breakdown. And I never really felt that, like, I went fucking crazy on my period until I started dating Julian, and she was like, oh, I think you're on your period. And I, at first I was like, fuck you. Don't fucking put this on my period. This is me. This is me and my full range of emotions, okay? I'm all the colors in the cramp. Like, I was like, you know, I was like, no, this is me. And then I was like, oh, no, you're, you're actually, this is a real thing, PMS. And I think it's because, like, my family, like, we never talked about this growing up. My sisters and my mom, this was never a thing. Like, oh, you're, you, you have PMS, you're angry. Or you're like, we were just like, no, you get your period and you fucking move on with your life and you keep digging. We never got to blame, you know, but so I don't know if it's blame, but like having the awareness is helpful to not go insane. But I'm pretty sure you said you don't know how to handle this and it's gotten to a point where you might need to break up. Okay, well, that makes me think like, can she go on something to manage her period symptoms? Does it, I mean, I know lesbians aren't on birth control because we don't need it, but what about like, I don't know, go on something. Is there something that can help with her mood? Put her on a mood stabilizer. I mean, if you're breaking up over this, is she physically and emotionally abusing you on her period? Then you say, listen, the second you drop blood in that toilet, get out of the house, okay? One week a month, I need you out of here. You need a sublet from someone downtown. I can't be abused. I don't know. Can you know that she's on her period and remove yourself from the situation? Does she think it's because of her period that she's going nuts? Or is this you? You're saying, no, it's her period. Like, I want to connect the dots with you, Sherlock. But maybe just setting the expectation of, like, let's not, let's not, like, say anything that's loaded or have any severe consequences or, you know, have these really intense conversations when you are bleeding out your cunt. Okay? Let's do it on a dry day. All right. Now I'm going to – let me bounce, too. God, could you imagine men on their period? Oh, my God. They would go fucking nuts. Like, I'm sorry. I know that's so cliche. But you know men on their period. First of all, they'd be fucking, oh, yeah, no, I need to fuck it. They'd be, like, bragging about their flow. Oh, I fucking got a heavy flow, man. The first two days is so fucking heavy, bro. You have no idea. They'd, like, be grabbing their, like, balls. If they bled from their balls, they'd be like, Fuck, my balls are so bloody, about to be so bloody. You know, I gotta fuck, they make up all these stories. You know, I gotta fuck on my period, cause, you know, the blood, like, you just gotta get that blood out, otherwise you go fucking nuts, and then all the women would believe it. He needs to fuck on his period. That's just how he is. He needs to. It's my job. I need to, I need to squirt out, I need to help him when he's on his period, otherwise his blood gets clogged, and he's so upset. They go around telling each other, you need to fuck them on their period. We just go, we're just like, they're fucking, we just... Anything men say, we just enable it and we like, we just enroll ourselves into their bullshit stories. We're like, yeah, that's 100% how it is. Greg, his dick is so hard when he's on his period. I always tell him I'll blow him when he's on his period because it feels so good for his blood to... Graphic, sorry. But oh my God, yeah, they'd be like bragging about their tampon size with the other dudes at the gym. Dude, your flow, fuck, my flow's fucking light. Whoa, why is your flow so light, you fucking pussy? Or they, or you know what else they do? They'd be like, if they couldn't fuck on their period, which, by the way, that wouldn't even be a thing, by the way. I don't even get, men who don't fuck girls on their period grow up. Who gives a fuck? You don't fuck girls on your period? What, are you fucking gay? 
If a girl's on her period, who gives a shit, okay? Lay down a towel. Get to business, dude. But dudes, if they, if for whatever reason, dudes, like, couldn't fuck on their period, they would be such bitches the week before. They'd be like, I can't fuck for two, like, I'm not gonna be able to fuck for ten days after this. I need you to take care of me now. It's coming, dude. I'm supposed to get it tomorrow. I'm supposed to get it tomorrow. They'd cancel on you all the time. Bro, I gotta stay in. I got it, yo. I got it. God, men. Some men are, not all men. Not all men. It's not like a, it's like a movement. Not all men. Can you tell us more about, this is Instagram questions. Can you tell us more about your coming out story? Like your first time dating a girl? Yeah. So, okay. So, look. Here's what, have we not talked about this? We've talked about this. I was in love with my best friend in high school. Obviously. Welcome to Lesbian 101. Okay. Wasn't coming out then. I was straight then. I was straight then. Then in college. Oh, my God. In college, I started dating this guy because I was like, you got to date a guy. You got to, like, see if you can make it work. Like, get a boyfriend, all right? Get a nice boyfriend. That's what will, like, fix your lesbianism. Found this really nice guy, maybe off of Hinge. I'm not sure. The app meant to be deleted. We started dating. And at that same time, I I must have been, like, a sophomore in college, there was a girl, a woman, a young woman, that I went to college with, that I had the big, and I always had crushes on women, like, since I was young, but I had this really big crush on this girl that was in, like, a writing class at NYU, and I was just, like, she was so gorgeous, and she was so sexy, and she just, like, the second she walked into a room, like, my entire body, like, went into, like, and I was, like, oh, okay, this is kind of weird that I'm feeling this while I'm dating, this guy who was perfectly sweet, but like didn't make me straight, obviously. Not, not, <laughs> not his fault. And we were drunk one night, and I, her and I had h- hooked up, and it was like, you know, fireworks, all the cliches. Like, oh my God. Like, I was like blind. I put glasses on for the first time. I was like, holy fucking shit. That's what this looks like. And she had a boyfriend. And I was like, okay, I think we're going to, like, start hooking up. And she was like, I can't keep, I can't cheat on my boyfriend. And I was like, oh, fuck this. This fucking sucks. I'm so tired of all these straight girls that, like, can't cheat. Like, I was just getting my heart broken by all these straight girls or, like, what I imagined would happen with these straight girls. So I was like, okay, I should, you know, I got to be single and I have to, like, see what happens with women. And, like, I kind of, I started to, like, tell my friends. I was like, I think I might be interested in women. But in reality, I was like, I'm a fucking lesbian. But I had to, like, lay the line very slowly. And then I started hooking up with a woman that I was working with. And she had a boyfriend and she broke up with him. And we dated for a few years. And she was my first girlfriend. And my first kind of like real everything. And I was really obsessed with the fact that I got to have a girlfriend and like just be in relationship, intimate relationship, intimate romantic sexual relationship with a woman. It was like so fun and amazing to like go to sleep next to a woman and have dinner and just have a date that's a woman like I was thrilled I was like I don't have to bring a dude like I get to bring a girl it was amazing and with that relationship I came out and I think earlier on before that first girlfriend I think I had I had told my parents that I was I'm bisexual and that felt easy to me easier to me to say than I was gay and especially because I hadn't dated a woman seriously that was like 
I just was like, okay, I can say this. And my parents were fine with it. I was not. I was the one that was beating myself up all the time. Just because, like, and I've talked about this on the show before, like, there was no representation. I didn't feel growing up that you could become, like, a sort of, like, you couldn't become a hot lesbian and have a hot femme girlfriend. Like, I didn't see that, okay? And I've said this, but I saw Ellen and I saw Rosie and they were cartoons, like puppets of people, like didn't have sexualities and that felt like, I don't know, you know how they are. Welcome to the Ellen DeGeneres. I was like, who, who's having a family? Who can marry a woman and be in love with her and like date if you're like a young lesbian and you're like, I just didn't understand. It wasn't a thing. So I said I was bisexual and they were okay with that. And I was not. And sorry, I'm adjusting my microphone. And, um, or they were okay with that. I was not. Yeah. And where did it go from there? I think I, but I always was like, I kissed girls growing up and then would like be confused about it or like put it away somewhere in my mind, like bury it. And I kind of always was like negotiating with myself of like, but you haven't met the right guy or you were just this, you were like drunk during that or, you know, you're just exploring. Like I just wasn't, but I did have a knowing. Like I did like on the, on a more conscious level, I was doing the negotiation. And then underneath that, I was like, I I think you're gay, but you'll know for sure when you're with a woman. And once I was with my first time, like when I hooked up with that girl at NYU or when I, started dating that I started my first girlfriend I was like a junior in college I was like okay you're a lesbian but even still like in between some of these relationships I've had I will like hook up with a guy or like be curious about it and then I mean I make a joke about this also in my act that it's like a palate cleanser it's like when you sniff the coffee beans at Sephora after I'm like oh no 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 let me smell something different you know so I I identify as queer I identify as a lesbian though so deal with it. Deal with it. But the coming out is such an, it's an unfolding. I'm using that word a lot this episode, right? Did I? But, um, and I swear I'm not high right now. I don't know why I feel like I'm high. But it is, it's just you like, it's different people at different times. It's different friends at different times. It's different language with different, rel- like it's just what feels right. And I really should put out a tutorial you know, but I didn't tell my grandparents immediately. And, you know, I didn't tell people I was working with immediately. And it was really my relationship with myself that eventually, like, once that was firmer and I had a clearer understanding, was so much easier to, like, invite people into who I was. Because when I'm like, oh, I don't know how I want to come out or I don't know how I identify, then everyone kind of picks up on that and there's, like, a question mark. And I was doing stand-up since I was 18, and I was straight on stage. So I was started dating girls, and then I was like, how do I talk about this on stage? Are they going to judge me? It's like all in your head. If you're living in New York or L.A. Everywhere else it's not in your head. People hate you. <laughs> but I think just owning it, like owning your journey and every part of it. So like saying, I think I'm gay, and I don't know, and I'm going to figure it out, though. And if people aren't okay with that, not needing to appease them, not needing to be in conversation with them, not needing their approval, and creating a community where you feel safe to explore 
and land on something or not or just like constantly being in motion with it like constantly being in conversation with your sexuality which I think is also amazing which I've talked about on here just like you don't need to say I'm this or I'm that like it's kind of fun to not know everything and to meet people and have things come up for you and feel things and follow that path you know a la Julian you know she met me and people are like oh so you were gay the whole time she's like no I just met Allie and I love Allie and letting things unfold the unfolding of your sexuality someone wrote tell us your horrible breakup stories why it's so miserable breakups are awful I don't want to talk about breakup stories Breakups are so tough. Tell us your horrible breakup stories. I mean, I don't have one that I'm like, this was a nightmare. Other than the fact that they're all just nightmares. Especially because when you're dating a woman, they are your everything. In a way that I don't think women always do with men. Like women have a best friend and they have the friend group. And then they have my mans. But when you are a lesbian, your partner is your entire friend group, your emergency contact, mama, my sister, everything, okay? So that untangling. I mean, lesbians are famously codependent because women are famously codependent. But that untangling can be quite difficult during a breakup. So many strings to undo. Breakups suck. I wish I was like, my exes don't like to be friends with me famously which is not how lesbians usually are the cliche is that lesbians are friends with their exes because when you hit it off with someone and you're queer you're like hold on to that chosen family um but my exes do tend to block me and they do not respond to my texts and they do not want to start a friendship but i don't i would like that i think throwing it out there favorite sexual moves positions okay i have one for you this is called the saxophone. This is, you can play the saxophone and the saxophone's a girl. I guess you can insult, insert whoever else, but I'm thinking of a woman when I describe this position, okay? So I'm on, I'm on my knees. So you're on your knees if you're gonna play the saxophone. This is a classic sexual position. This is like, actually I think it's, I'm calling it classic for myself. I think it's highly underrated and I think it's the best position. Okay. My knees are spread. I'm like kneeling, let's say I'm on the bed, and the woman has her knees spread. Dad, pause the fucking episode. Get off, don't listen to this anymore. Dad, Lynn, whoever's listening to this, mom, stop listening. She has her knees spread, and she has her leg in between your legs, and then you pull her torso into your torso, okay? Your right hand, I'm a righty, gets to go over and between her legs. And then your left hand gets to grab all the good stuff, play the saxophone, and you get to kiss her or suck on a boob if you dare. So you kind of have the right hand, you're sort of uh, holding the bottom of the sax, dare I say. And then the left hand, you're pedaling mouth wherever you want. This is a full body instrument. How genius is that? If you want to play some music, enjoy that one. How do I get into stand-up? Everyone wants to know how to get into stand-up. There's no way other than just do it. That's what every stand-up would tell you, I think, right? Just go out and do it. Go to open mics. Don't wait until you have the perfect set. 
Go to bringers. Bring out your friends. Make them hate you. Just keep trying shit. Just go. Don't think about it. Just go and try it and get on stage. Wherever you can, get on stage. Just keep getting on stage. And the rest will, you guessed it, unfold. Okay. How do you feel about open relationships? Not polyamorous, just open. Oh, I feel mixed about it. I mean, I've been in a bunch of open relationships. I've been in relationships where there's like moments of openness. Um, if you and your partner enjoy being together and you meet each other's needs in other, like emotionally, but maybe not sexually, and you want to... <sighs> okay, so here's the thing. I'm mixed. It can go both ways because usually if you're solving for something in the relationship, outside of the relationship, that won't work. So if I'm not being, like, my sexual needs aren't met in the relationship, so I open the relationship to get my sexual needs met elsewhere, I found that hard to make work. Usually the open relationships are better if it's, like, if the open stuff is just gravy. It's just pleasure, and it's, because if it's not polyamorous, and it's for enjoyment and whatever, and you and your partner arrive at some agreement that makes sense for that. But when you're solving for something, when you're like, I don't like how you do this, so I'm going to go find someone that's when it can become more complicated. So if you're both on the same page about the intention of opening it, right? If it's like, this is fun. And if it is fun, then it's about setting up the emotional boundaries around that. What does fun look like? How do we both agree that I'm allowing myself to have fun in this place, in this space? You know, some people have rules about like, you see them only, you can see them once for coffee, but you can't see them, to, like whatever it is. But again, it's like, I mean, it, whatever. Relationships are hard every which way every which way so it's, I guess it's the rules you set up but usually I think it's being clear on the intention of the open relationship especially if it's you, you want to be set up in a way that like if it's closed you're in a functioning relationship like you can't open the relationship as like a crutch or like a solve for something or like you're band-aiding something like that's when it gets sticky um, okay I feel like that uh, how long has it been? How long have we been doing this? Oh, almost 40 minutes. Okay. How about, I sent out the merch today. I sent out the t-shirts. I love the t-shirts. Get the t-shirts. I'm a big fan. They're gorgeous. Support the show. Okay? You don't pay for the show. You don't do anything for the show. You just listen and enjoy. So if you listen and enjoy, the t-shirt's 40 bucks, 44 bucks. Some shipping on top. Okay? Say, that's my subscription to The Ali Colbert Show. Speaking of subscription to The Ali Colbert Show, I'm circling back on the Patreon. Should I start a Patreon? I don't know. Here's what the Patreon would entail. It would entail an extra episode every week or every two weeks. Would you subscribe? Putting it out there. Putting it into the universe. I'm considering doing it. We're beefing up the video department on the show again. Going to be really good going to have lots of footage. You're going to start being able to see the whole episode on YouTube, which is exciting. Isn't that exciting, Michael Bertos? This was a very unplugged episode, like I expected. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it and would love for you to subscribe if you haven't, even if you keep listening to me ask you to and you're like, oh, I'm never going to do that. That's not for me. It would mean the world to me if you did. If you rated us, if you left a good comment, I see your fucking nasty comments leave a nice one make someone's day spread love um and get the merch i do think you should get the merch i want to post the merch more on my instagram 
but like I can't kind of stress that enough. Just buy it. You can call the show at 833-722-5546. You can email the show, theallycolbertshow at gmail.com. Love you, Colbertos. Talk to you next week.